Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this evening, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, via the phone, the one and only, Alex. Alex, how you doing? I'm a little upset you didn't give me a, a heads up that you were about to introduce me. Oh. I was expecting, I was expecting a bang or two, you know? You threw me a curveball oh. and I was expecting, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I threw you a curveball and I didn't bang the trash can beforehand. Is that your problem? Yes, yes, you, you, yes. You, 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 um, you didn't take one for the team and, you know, give me... Give me a heads up. That's to, all right. To be yeah. fair, to be fair, I don't have the uh, audio feed, the video feed from the center field camera. <laughs> oh well, oh, well, you need, you need to get yourself some better technology out there, brother. I sure do. So, as you guys have already figured out by our little joke here, this is a special podcast. We're talking about the Houston Astros cheating scandal, which you know may become the Red Sox cheating scandal, may become someone else's cheating scandal. I mean, this cheating scandal has legs. Um, it seems like it might go beyond just the Houston Astros. But just to recap, yesterday, uh, it's Tuesday night. We're, reco- we're recording this on Tuesday night. Yesterday, Monday, Major League Baseball finally came to a decision on their investigation of the Houston Astros and uh, there's sign stealing through technology uh, that they did. And look, I'll just give a quick synopsis. And then, Alex, if you could give me your thoughts on it. Uh, basically, what the Astros were doing, it start, sign stealing in baseball is as old as the game itself. And one of, the more, one of the more common ways of stealing signs, aside from just trying to figure it out, is with a runner on second base... He has the same point of view as the pitcher, so he can look into the catcher and try to figure out what pitch is coming. He will signal to the batter, and then the batter should be wiser as to what's going on. Now, catchers and pitchers have been playing this cat and mouse game with base runners for years. They change up their signs when there's a guy on second, modify the sequence, yada, yada, yada. Well, the Astros used a center field replay review camera And this is where it gets interesting because every team has this, right, Alex? So every team has the ability to look at replay in in order to challenge a call. So now they've got the center field camera. They got the feed from that camera to try to decode the signals that catchers were using on any pitch count. But specifically when there was a guy at second base to make it easier to, to figure out the code. They then tell all the players, all the batters, and now whenever someone's at second base, they know exactly what the sign is. They send the signal back, and the, the batter is wiser, right? They're, they're, it's this cat and mouse game, and you know the, the batter's a little bit wiser. Right. Where things really get crazy is they took it one step further. They put a monitor behind the dugout, on the way to the clubhouse, so just out of view. And they were getting a live feed from that center play, center field replay review camera. So now they could see what was coming regardless of whether there was anyone on base. And so what teams have been complaining about uh, was this odd clapping and whistling 
And the one that really triggered teams was the banging of the trash can. And the the most egregious one, or, or not the most egregious one, but the one that really perked people's uh, ears to this situation was they were playing against the White Sox. And apparently this has been going on since 2016. Uh, they were playing against the White Sox. And the pitcher, I don't remember the pitcher, but the pitcher, a pitcher on the White Sox gets visibly upset after a few pitches pitching to this one particular batter because he can hear the banging on the trash can. Obviously, the White Sox don't draw a lot of people, so it's pretty quiet. And, you know, Minute Maid Park is not the most raucous place. So, you know, there are times when it's pretty quiet in there. And um, he gets visibly, visibly upset, adamantly calls the catcher back out, and they have a conversation, and you can tell he's pissed. At the end of the inning, he walks off, he turns around, he says something to the Astros bench. You can tell he was pissed. And that's one video that surfaced that, that is probably the most egregious one. And what really started this whole thing was Mike Fears was a pitcher for the Astros in 2017. Did not get re-signed for 2018. He ended up on the White Sox. And... The White Sox have a relatively young pitching staff this year, and he made some comments to them about, guys, you got to be careful with your signs. There's teams that steal signs, and and they're like, you know, obviously the conversation kind of goes from there. And eventually he ends up doing an interview with The Athletic where he basically details out, not in full detail, but he kind of lets the cat out of the bag as to what was going on with the Astros. And so... MLB starts this investigation, and this is where we are now. Um, you know, that's kind of the synopsis of the crime, so to speak. Uh, what do you think, Alex, about MLB getting involved in this whole sign stealing thing? Well, I mean, well, number one, Danny Farquhar is the uh, is that pitcher from the White Sox. Yeah. That uh, thank you. That you, that you were that you were talking about, and you know. Um, Mike, what's his name? Mike Friars? Fears, yeah. Fears? Yeah. The rat? He should be somewhere there in, in, uh, in the studio. Um, he, you know, the Astros is just dumb. This is embarrassing, I think, for their franchise. Uh, if they didn't think that a, a former player was going to go and spill the beans to whoever... Uh, then, then they're just they're just foolish to think that that wasn't going to happen. Um, and look, although cheating in baseball or sign stealing specifically has been going on for a while, uh, the Astros really took it to an extreme, and you know, it just it, it, it's all it's all. Um, I don't know, I just feel like they just took it like way too far, you know, technology uh, being involved, and um, I think Major League Baseball did the right thing uh, by uh, punishing the Astros. Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that kind of flies under the radar in this whole thing is the Red Sox and the Yankees were both fined 
were using technology to steal signs in August of 2017. Now, in that scenario, someone in the replay booth or someone in the clubhouse was watching the game on a monitor and sending text messages to devices, right, either an iPhone or an Apple Watch, that was in the dugout. So the manager or whomever, coach, bench coach, whomever, players, were getting real-time information through technology from someone outside of the playing field and the dugouts. In September, after those punishments were handed out, MLB sent a very strongly worded memo to all the teams stating that, you know, reiterating that they're not allowed to use technology during the game and that if anyone was found to violate the technology rule, as they're calling it, there would be severe penalties specifically for the manager and the general manager. That was specifically stated in that memo, which I find very interesting, and it's something that we'll talk about a little bit later on uh, in this podcast because there's a situation where it relates to a player, which is very, very interesting. Um, I agree with you, Alex. I think they took it too far. Um, you know, the, 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 the report, the statement of the commissioner that was issued yesterday specifically names Alex Cora, who was a bench coach in 2017 for the Astros, and Carlos Beltran, who was a player in 2017 for the Astros, as the ringleaders of this fraud, let's call it. And if you recall, in 2017, Carlos Beltran didn't play a ton. He was That was his last season. And he was very much talked about as a, you know, kind of an on-the-field coach which I find very interesting in light of his current position as manager of the New York Mets. And we'll get to him in a minute. But obviously the pen, the stiffest penalty was to, um, the penalties were to the Astros and they were to the GM, Lunau, and the manager, A.J. Hinch. Now, let's recap the penalties real quick. A $5 million fine, the highest allowable amount that the commissioner can levy against a franchise. $5 million, a $5 million fine to the Astros. The loss of the first and second round picks in the next two drafts, 2020 and 2021. Most importantly, a one-year, they call it a one-year suspension. It's actually a little bit less. A suspension effective immediately through the end of the World Series. So they were eligible to be, they're eligible to be reinstated the day after the World Series and that is for both the GM Lunau and the manager AJ Hinch. Now, I don't know if you have you read the statement from the commissioner Alex? No, I mean I hardly read in in school. I'm going to sit there and read nine pages. <laughs> uh, no. It was very I interesting. I, I I didn't read it. Uh, number one, because nine pages is just too long for me. But uh, you know, I, I so I, I don't need all the details. I just need. I just wanted to know what the punishment was going to be. Um, I pretty much felt that you know the manager AJ Hinch and Lumhouse uh, were going to get punished, uh, and I just wanted to know for how long and how much they were going to get fined for. Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing that is very, uh, if you read the statement of the commissioner, and I'm sure you've heard these comments already, the one thing that is very 
um, not shocking, but very eye-opening, is Manfred specifically 100% exonerates the owner, Jim Crane. Now, I have to wonder if this is not a little quid pro quo here, right? Like you do for me and I do for you. Manfred said, look, I am going to levy this punishment and I am going to completely exonerate you, but you got to get rid of those guys because, I mean, within an hour, Jim Crane was at a podium doing a live press conference announcing the firing of Lunau and A.J. Hinch. Uh, Do you think there's some, you know, kind of a handshake deal there between Jim Crane, the owner, and MLB? Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, it's kind of like, I feel like Manfred just said, hey, we're going to lay down a punishment, but you have to show, in order for me not to, to punish you, you at least have to show some kind of remorse or, uh, you know, show some kind of action. And either he told him, hey, you got to fire them or you know what you have to do, right? And then you're right. Uh, Crane didn't waste uh, minutes to get up there and you know fire both Hinch and uh, and Lunau. So yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it does feel like there's a little bit of a of a handshake deal there because look, I, I I've never been in baseball operations. I've never owned a major league baseball team, and I've never been the GM or the manager of a of a baseball team but you know I hear there's some openings Houston hit me up Astros call you boy um reach out to me on Twitter at emontana21 but I I find it hard to believe that after getting this directive from MLB that he didn't at least walk over to Lunau's office and say hey make sure we're not doing any of this stuff you know what I mean like if you get a memo from HR I mean, don't you kind of talk to your people about it, right? Like the people that you manage. I find it hard to believe that he didn't know anything. Um, And also in the report, just to kind of go back a little bit, they did find evidence that the Astros continued to use this methodology through through the remainder of the 2017 season and postseason, which obviously has Yankee fans up in arms and obviously has Dodger fans up in arms because if you recall correctly, that 2017 series against the Yankees was an absolute classic. Uh, went seven games, if I'm not mistaken, and every game was a dogfight and highly entertaining. And the Dodgers went seven games with them as well. Uh, very close series, you know. Both of those teams, I'm sure, feel like they have a claim at the World Series. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit, Alex, that we think the punishment was fair. Do you think they should have been punished more? What else could MLB have done, in your opinion, to kind of right the wrong of this uh, of this uh, transgression? Before I answer that, you also remember, I think it was in 2017 when the Astros played it might have been 2018. I can't really, I can't remember. One of those two years, the Astros were playing the Red Sox in the either the wild card or the NLD, NLDS. And I think it's that's when the Red Sox started accusing the Astros of uh, whistling. Yeah. No? 
Yeah, you're right. And that was in 2018 because that was the first year Cora was there after they had missed the playoffs the previous two years. Okay. So, So, uh, back to your question regarding, uh, you know, if if they deserve a harsher punishment, I I know there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, on Twitter and all that about, you know, stripping of their title, but... You can't really do that, I think, right? Because then you have to go back in time and, you know, you could probably strip a few teams' uh, World Series titles. And so you, I don't think that, that really has a, has a, you know, I don't think that's the answer. Um, so, you know, whatever. You, people want to put an asterisk around it. The, the, the Dodgers want to have a parade. Uh Whatever. I mean, I, I really don't care about that that much. Uh, I, I think I think the the fine and the suspension are are did it did its justice. Um, I would I would have excluded them from the postseason for at least one season, though. Wow. Like, um, you know, and I don't even know if I would have. I, I would have almost hand out that punishment after the fact. So let's say the season is over and the Astros win the division and the Angels come in second. I swear, I I would be so tempted if I was baseball. And I know they're not going to do this, but this is just, you know, whatever, me being outside of, uh, you know, normalcy, that MLB comes out and says, hey, Astros, guess what? You're not eligible for the postseason. All of a sudden, you grant the Angels. You grant the Angels the division. They make the postseason, and that's how you punish the Astros some more. But uh, you know, obviously, they, they would never do that. But they could have come out how they did yesterday and include that in their you know list of punishments for the Astros. So I think a one-year postseason ban would have been the icing on the cake. Yeah, I think I agree with you on on that. You can't go back because you you can't undo it all. You can't really strip them. That that kind of wouldn't work. I mean, the Yankee the Yankees were fined during 2017 for stealing signs. So you know, do you also disqualify them? I mean, would they be the rightful AL champion? And then the Dodgers are the and, uh, and uh, you know the NL champion, and obviously they win the World Series. And you can't do all that. I do think that in history, though, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at that 2017 World Series the same way we look at, you know, uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire's numbers and Barry Bonds' home run record. I think we're going to look at it with. We're going to say, yeah, the Astros won, but right, kind of like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs, but. You know what I mean? I think uh, I yeah. think I, I think it will always be tainted that way, which is really unfortunate when you're talking about the World Series. Um, and as far as the punishments go, I think the punishments to Lou now and and uh, and Hinch are appropriate one year. Obviously, if if the ma- the, the the five million dollars is is pocket change to these owners, and quite frankly, they the Astros made more than five million dollars on merchandise and hoopla and subsequent ticket sales and all that jazz, you know. And heck, it's not even going to cost them $5 million because they're going to save the salaries of Lunau and, and, and Hinch, not to mention the salaries of those 
for draft picks that they're losing. So the five million to me is nothing. I mean, it may as well they may as well not punish him at all monetarily. And then I do you know I do agree with you. I think a postseason ban might have been appropriate here. You know, you 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 cheated during the playoffs. Well, now you're out of the playoffs. You know, now I don't know what that does to the competitive balance of the American League West, right? Like, what does a team do? Uh, what does a team do? What does a franchise do if there's no hope for the postseason with a team that very obviously belongs in the postseason? You know, the, this year they're going to be the, even without Hinch, they're going to be the favorites to win the AL West. You know, what would that do to the competitive balance of that division and the American League in general, right? To have a team that's, you know, winning ball games and beating up on other teams, but yet has no no benefit from winning those games. It, it is a dicey situation. I think I, I think they should have there should have been a postseason ban, but I also understand why baseball did not do it. Um, <clears throat> now the implications hey, of it quick. I'm sorry? Real quick, you yeah. you and I both have played baseball, right? Uh, not at the major league level, of course, but we played organized baseball, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's uh, you know, when you're in, in the batter's box, right, and you're waiting for a pitch, right, yeah, you don't know what's coming, but I wonder how much of a, like, do these batters really want to know what's coming? Because what if, what if the pitcher and the catcher, you know, have a mound visit, and they all of a sudden switch up the signs and then just throw you, you know, one bang, you think you're getting a fastball, and it ends up being, you know, a curveball in the thir- in the in the dirt. I don't know how much, like, I, I just can't comprehend, and, and that's why I feel like the Astros is just foolish, because I, I, I can't understand how much of an advantage it is. Like, why would you want to know what, what I- is coming? I th- I think it's a I think it's a I think it's a significant advantage. I don't know how big of an advantage it is. You know, in the report, that there there's comments in the report that the Astros players, some of them didn't want to do it because they didn't see the point. But on the flip side, I mean, you you you've heard you've heard announcers say this a hundred times at least. He was sitting on a fastball, right? He was right. sitting fastball, and you know, and then he ends up stroking it somewhere. I think it's a big advantage to know. Same thing with counts, right? If you're in an 0-2 count, part of the reason you're in, you're precarious is because the pitcher can do whatever he wants. If he throws a ball, he doesn't care, you know? But what happens at 3-0? At 3-0, you know, more likely than not, you're going to get a fastball, and it's, a, it's an advantage to the batter, right? So I think... Knowing the pitch is an advantage. It, it is an advantageous piece of information to have. Uh, so, you know, I I don't think it's dumb that they did it. I think it was dumb that they never thought through the that they never thought through the fact that hey, someone may leave or just a pitcher in general, right? Because think about it. This this scheme that they were doing benefits who? The batters. Right? All right. So who's sitting at the other end of the dugout? The pitchers. And you know some of those pitchers had to be grumbling about, this sucks, man. You know, my buddy's on that team over there, and he's going to get hammered because we're going to know what pitch he's throwing. You know what I mean? Like, 
there had to be a little bit of discord even within the clubhouse about doing this. And I think that's where the short-sightedness of the Astros really falls. Like, how could they not know that this was going to be a kind of a dumb thing to do in the long run? Right. And rosters yeah. change every year. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's the way it goes. What do you think the Astros do this year? Or how do you think the Astros look this year? Like, and... Obviously, we haven't broken down the 2020 season yet. We'll do that in March, like we always do. But just at a you know at a, at a at a high level, what do you think this does to the Astros? How many wins do you think this costs them? Do you think it makes them any less of a contender, more of a contender? Because they'll have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, what do you think this does for the team coming into this 2020 season? I mean, look, if you look at their overall roster, they're still a pretty good team. Uh, although they, they lost their cold, uh, but they still, they, they have a good enough team to win the division, I would guess, or, or do they really? I, I don't know. I mean, if, if this was, uh, that much of an advantage, then you gotta wonder, right? Are they, are they really this good? Like, right. what, I, I guess we'll notice what players were cheating or not, right? Which players were really involved in this? Which, which players uh, drop off? Huh? Which players drop off? Right. Um, but, look, at the end of the day, they got put doing something they weren't supposed to do. And, uh, you know, they may get punished in other ways, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, doesn't, you know, makes their season a bit unsuccessful. And I'll tell you what, man, when they go, you know, all of a sudden the Astros become become the villain here, right? It's, it might no longer be what, you know, the, the Yankees or the Red Sox, you know? It's, but the Astros all of a sudden become villains and the most hated. And um, let's see how they, how they um, react to all that when they're on the road because they still have to play 81 games on the road. So. Yeah. Uh, although they were better on the road, you know, I was I was reading that also. They they did better on the road in 2017 or 2018. I can't remember what year. Yeah. So that and, and that's why and that's why I said how much an advantage is it. So, uh, but you know, I, I think that these players got to be pretty embarrassed, man, to be associated with 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 this scandal. You know. Yeah. Considering how hard Major League Baseball came down on them, so. Um, I will. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I looked at. I broke down the home and away stats for 17, 18, and nineteen for the Astros, and not surprisingly, really, they were considerably better. Not considerably, they were better at home than on the road. Not by a ton, but they were. They were better. They hit. You know, two sixty eight as opposed to two fifty eight. Uh, you know, their 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 strikeouts per nine innings was one less. But, I mean, that's also the familiarity of playing at home, right? I mean, most teams have a a, a, a better home stat than, a, than a, a visiting stat. That's that's true for 29 of the 30 major league teams. So, to answer your question there, how much, how much of that improvement home versus away is from banging on trash cans? I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's, it's very hard to quantify. Yeah. So I I don't know, man. I you know 
again, listen, it, it kind of goes with, you know, how uh, life itself, right? You do good things, you get good results, you're going to be looked at a certain way, you do things the wrong way, you get caught, uh, you know, bad karma. I, I believe in bad karma, so, you know, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see for the for these uh, 2020 uh, or 2020 Astros, however, whichever way you want to say it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say they're going to struggle this year. I still think they win the division because they are that talented. I don't believe that the banging trash can thing made Jose Altuve an MVP. But, you know, well, maybe it did, right? Because Aaron Judge had a hell of a year in 17. And maybe without that little bit of information, maybe maybe Judge wins the MVP that year. But anyway, um, I, I, think, I think that this will affect him. A... They're going to have to deal with it every single day. There's not, it is going to be a thorn in their side all season long, especially on the road, like you, like you pointed out. They are very much the villain. They make the Yankees look like Ken and Barbie. I mean, they make the Yankees look as American as apple pie, and now everyone hates the Astros. Um, yeah. So I think they are going to struggle this year. I think they will struggle on the road. And look, let's not underestimate the effect that A.J. Hinch has had on this franchise. He's been an incredibly good manager. And I think unless they get someone just as good, which you never know, right? You know, never know, especially stepping into the fire that is this situation now. Um I, I just don't think they're going to be as good. I I still think they win the division, but they don't. They certainly don't run away with it. They're going to fight it out to the last day of the season. That's how I feel it's going to go down. It's going to cost them about. So what I'm saying is, it's going to cost. It's going to have about a ten game effect, right? Because they won the division by ten last year, and I think they're going to go from 106 wins probably down to 90. I mean, it's just. It's a big deal. It's going to cost them. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, they won 105 or 106 games last year. I, I bet you they barely make it to 90 this year. I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a 15-game problem for them because losing losing Hinch is a big deal, and it, it's going to be a thorn in their side. They're going to be talking about it constantly from spring training on. I am actually looking forward to it being that uh, I live in Houston. Yeah, it should sure, be, we'll should be interesting for us, and, right? And, uh, you know, look at what the fans have to say, right? Um, all the media reaction. So, uh, it, you know what, man? It, it sucks to be the Astros right now. I, I think they're I think they're embarrassed. They're going to be embarrassed. They're going to feel embarrassed. Um, well, you know, the spotlight is on them. Yeah. And it's, it's going to come up every single day. The memes are out there already, right? They've been out there since, uh, you know, John Boy videos uh, brought this to everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the whole, you know, they are the laughing stock, and all fingers and eyes are pointed towards the Houston Astros direction. Yep. Not good. Yeah, no, it's it's very much a black eye for the organization. It's a black eye for baseball. It's not, I mean, we're having some fun with it, doing a podcast and whatnot and talking about it, but it's really not something that we really want to be talking about as far as baseball is concerned. Um, let's move on a little bit. 
the other the other breaking news, and this happened just a few hours ago. Um, Alex Cora has mutually agreed to part ways with the Boston Red Sox. Now he's named as the ringleader of the situation in Houston in 2017. In 2018, he took over the Red Sox, and no pun. He is very specifically mentioned in the statement of the commissioner, but uh, oddly enough, there is no punishment for Alex Cora, and the reason for that is. He is the Red Sox, the 2018 Red Sox, are being investigated for their own sign stealing um, uh, scheme. So uh, the commissioner decided not to announce a suspension for him until that investigation was completed. Now, Alex Cora went and jumped in front of the train before uh, the train could uh, pull into the station and hit him and said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and get out of here. And so he uh, has mutually agreed to part ways with the Red Sox, uh, which, considering what happened in Houston, kind of a foregone conclusion, don't you think, Alex? I mean, if he didn't quit, he was going to get fired as soon as that uh, suspension was announced, correct? Yeah, I'm sure he knows. And, uh, you know, don't forget the, uh, the Red Sox have a new general manager. So, you know, I'm sure there's some... You know, the general manager could have said, hey, man, uh, I don't want this black guy on our franchise, black eye in our franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let's let's part ways. Or, or Alex Cora may have approached the situation and said, hey, man, uh, you know, I'd rather be with my family during these times right now. And so who knows? But he knows. He knows what he did. He knows what he did was wrong. He was part of it. And he knows a, you know, he might get the worst end of this. Um, he, he may never have a job again in Major League Baseball. Who knows? It, it's, I would imagine that baseball's going to come down on him maybe a little harder than, than Hinch and Moonhow. I, I, I don't know, but it, it can't be good. I know that much. Yeah, that that is the, the tone of the statement of the commissioner is that Cora is going to get it worse. Because in that statement, um, the commissioner specifically mentions that Lunau may or may not have known, but he should have done something about it once he got the memo, which is why he got the year suspension. Hinch, he said, knew about it, didn't condone it, but didn't stop it either. And that's why he got the one-year suspension. Not to mention that that's what was, um, that was the directive from the memo in September of 17 when... Uh, after the Red Sox and the Yankees got fined. So, yeah, he and him being a bench coach, being the ringleader of it, he's going to get it worse. My guess is he gets two years to, you know, he's going to go away and hang out for two years because that's what he's going to get from MLB, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. The one thing that was very interesting to me, and I'd love to hear your take on it, is MLB, when they sent the memo in September of 2017... Uh, stating that they would vigorously punish managers and general managers if there was another scheme like this involving technology, they specifically went out of their way to say that they would not punish players. However, however, there's one player mentioned in the statement by the commissioner. Now let me let me uh, let me go over this here real quick. The 
The investigation included interviews with 28, uh, I'm sorry, with 68 witnesses, including 23 current and former Astros players. So they talked to a lot of players to figure out what was going on. But only one player is mentioned in the report. Now, that player is Carlos Beltran, who is no longer a player, and happens to be the new manager of the New York Mets. So, Alex, I got two questions for you. First question, do you think it's right that there is no punishment for the players at all in this scheme? No, I mean, no, I don't think it's right. I think the players should be punished, especially especially if one gets name-dropped as... I mean, I believe Beltran was the co-ringleader of all this. Yes. I, I mean, you know, and I'd be the first to tell you, I love the Carlos Beltran hire for the Mets, but I think he's at fault here. I think he's guilty by association alone. But I think he was more than just associated. I think he he had some kind of input, ideas, how to relay these these uh, signals uh, to the batters and all that, or this organized crime that they've committed. Mm-hmm. And I think he was, he was part of it. And, and I mean, you've interviewed all these players and you can only come up with one name? I mean, it sounds to me that there might have been a lot of finger pointing and, you know, it, it, it might have been rightfully so, rightfully earned. Yeah. Now, I, I I do not think it's right that the players have gotten off scot-free. I don't know what kind of punishment you give them, but if they if you know for sure that players were involved either in the banging or the receiving of those of that information, hey, give them a five-game suspension. Give them all a five-game suspension and make them play five games with the AAA team. I don't care, but I don't think it's right that a, that a scheme that is perpetrated by a bench coach and a player, those two gentlemen are notified as ringleaders in the report. They get one of them gets a punishment because he's a bench coach, but the other one gets no punishment. That's not really fair. And yet, the manager who didn't condone it but didn't stop it, he's a leader. He deserves some punishment. I agree. He gets a whole year. The GM who probably didn't even know about it, right? Which again, he's a leader. He should know. He got a year. It, it seems like the punishment is geared towards middle management. I don't want to punish players because I don't want to mess with the union. I don't want to punish the owner because he's the one that pays my salary, right, if I'm, if I'm Manfred. So I'm going to hit the people in the middle, the GM, the manager, and, the, and a bench coach. It's, to me, it's, it's silly. If this is so egregious that you're going to fine them $5 million, the maximum allowable amount, and you're going to suspend people for an entire year, an entire year, you can do steroids and not get suspended for an entire year. You can walk out on the field smoking some crack, and you will not get a one-year suspension. But this, these guys get a one-year suspension. What was that? idea. That was weird. Um, so, listen, did Moonhow also uh, know about a person in upper management or under him 
Yes. So that's the okay. assistant GM Taubman who made all the made the kind of the, right. the crass okay. comments to the reporters after the ALCS okay. victory by the Astros. Okay, so and Loon Howe put it out there that he didn't know that that was going on, right? Right, even though he was in the clubhouse when it happened. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he, he should have probably gotten two years uh, or whatever, <laughs> lifetime ban. I mean, he knew what was going on. Here's the thing, though. MLB Baseball uh, probably looks at it as, you know, uh, how can I put it? Parents, kids, right? The right. parents are supposed to know better than the kids. Obviously, they're not kids. They're adults. They know what's going on. But, you know, it kind of, um, it, it, I, I think it, it works the same in, in court. You know, it, it's... Yeah. No, I see your point. That's just how it works in corporate America, right? You, you chop heads at the top and, you know, the others get a slap on the wrist or if anything at all. So that's probably how baseball is looking at it, if I had to guess why Beltran doesn't get touched here by, by baseball. I, I don't know, but, um, you know, yeah, I should have been done. I, I think they're trying to avoid dealing with the union in, the, in this matter. Uh my next question, and probably my last question here, uh, what's gonna, what do you predict, and what do you think should happen to Carlos Beltran in New York? Do you think he should get fired? Do you think he will get fired? What are your thoughts on the Beltran situation, as far as this is concerned? I don't think he should get fired. I think he should get suspended for a year, and I don't think the Mets will do anything. I think. And I also think that the Mets should hold a press conference and just clear the air, if anything. Right. But I, I don't think the Mets uh, fire him. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm of the opinion that they should fire him because you don't want this around your franchise. And quite frankly, I think the actions by the Red Sox, uh, I'm sorry, the actions by the Astros, so swiftly firing Lunau and Hinch, kind of made the domino fall in Boston. And I think now you've got two teams that have made dominoes fall that will make the domino fall in New York as well. And I think Beltron should get fired and will get fired. He won't get suspended because he was a player. Okay. But as a ringleader of a scheme that got two people suspended for a year, I think you deserve to get fired. And I think he will. That's just my opinion. I, you know, I thought it was a great hire. I think Beltron's going to make a good manager. But obviously, you can't have this kind of situation in your clubhouse. You're already in the in the toughest media market there is. You don't want to start off like this. So I think the Mets would be smart to cut their losses and find someone else. you got to wonder what Beltran said in that interview, right? Like if he was asked about any of this, and if he was, how, what, what, how did he answer? Did he, did he lie? Or, you know, or... See, and, and his name being brought up and, and Major League Baseball not doing anything, I just, that that right there makes me feel like nothing's going to happen to Beltron. You, you, know, know, you know, it's, I, fu- I, it's funny, I, but I... I think the Mets should come out in a, with a press conference and just, you know, deal with it and, and move on, and, and that's it. See, I mean, he's been away from the Astros for two years, right? Because yeah. last year he was with, with the Yankees. Yeah. So... It's kind of, you know, two years later trying to pin him for a crime. 
You know, you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny, Alex. I think the exact opposite. I think the fact that they actually named him in the report is the commissioner's way of saying, take care of that. So we'll, we'll see. Interesting. It's, it's very interesting. I'm sure we'll bring it up again in our weekly podcast because some stuff may happen between now and then and, and maybe more information will come out. Extremely, extremely interesting situation. Hey, any thoughts on Mike Fears? What do you think about him in this whole case? Uh, he is the uh, Jose Canseco of this, uh, you know. Scandal? Of this era of uh, baseball. He, uh, I, I, I miss him. I know he's there sitting around on your desk. I wish, uh, you know, we, I, I could have uh, brought him out with me on this uh, podcast, but. Uh, I guess he started all this, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, is he right? Is he wrong? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wonder how he's viewed by everybody else. But again, I go back to the very beginning of this of this uh, stream. Uh, you know, the Astros were foolish if they thought that no player would say anything once they left the Astros. Yeah. Well, it was you know it's 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 like everything else, right? If you commit a crime, you better commit it by yourself. Don't let anyone else yeah. know because someone will say something at some point. Yeah. All right, man. You got anything else to say about this scandal? No. Did you see Josh Donaldson signed with the Twins for four years, hundred million? Four years, hundred million. Yeah. Wow. And that lineup yeah, didn't that that lineup didn't need any more oomph, you know. I'm just glad he's out of the NL East, and the Braves don't got him, and the uh, Washington, the Nationals uh, don't fill their need at third base. So that's uh, great news for the Mets. Yeah, that's I'm true. That's true. I'm not sad to see him leave the National League either. All right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks a lot for jumping on this uh, on this podcast with me. As always, folks. If you want to reach out to the show, share your thoughts with us. You can reach the show via email, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of Alex and talk to him about the Astros scandals, you can reach him on Twitter as well, BrooklynGaucho1. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at emontana21. And once again, buddy, thank you very much for getting on on this podcast with me. It's been great talking to you and talking to our fans about this crazy, crazy scandal that we have brewing uh, with the Astros. Uh, I don't think it's over. I think I think we're going to hear more. So it should be should provide more interesting tidbits. Uh, as always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. <laughs>